Welcome to Punches and Punchlines, where we break down the best fights with a sense of humor. And now, your hosts, Fritz and Franco. Welcome back, everybody, to Punches and Punchlines. This week, Fritz and I went from uh, the long trip from England in Eddie Hearns' backyard for another fight camp. This was week two of fight camp. And then we made the long journey all the way to Belfast, Northern Ireland, for the card in Falls Park on ESPN+, Plus, which was also a fun one. So we're going to break down our favorite fights from the two cards. And uh, as always, we'll do it with a sense of humor. You ready to get into it, Fritz? Let's do this. Ebony Bridges, 34 years old, coming in at 5-1. and one, Versus Beck Connolly, 37 years old, coming in at 3-9. and nine. Now, here's what I could say about this fight, Franco. It was good to see Ebony Bridges get back in the ring. I do think that she has some legitimate skill mm-hmm. uh, as a boxer. A lot of people talk about the other stuff. I'll leave that for them. I think she actually has some skill mixed in, so there's some stake to go along with the sizzle. Mm-hmm. I would like to suggest maybe Beck Conley changes her name to uh, Beck the Sec because she was in this fight for about a second. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> This was a weird stoppage, Franco. Yeah. Because Connolly got stunned and you could see her legs wobble and then she's gained her feet. But then just this flurry of punches came through and put her on the mat. You know, I think she landed like three or four that put her on the mat. And then the ref gives her the count and says like, all right. And then Bridges comes over, lands one more punch. And the ref's like, all right, that was enough. She's like, yeah. <laughs> like, like he was mad at Connolly. And he's like, you know, what? I want to see you get punched one more time. You know, like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's how quickly he stopped it one more punch landed he's like all right that's enough and it was i mean the punch landed clearly but it wasn't like some earth shattering punch it was just a good punch nothing crazy for it to be stopped over it no it was it wasn't you know like thor hit Mjolnir against the ground to bring the to bring the <laughs> lightning it was it was just a punch well and actually to be honest that was probably my favorite part of this match was the comic books. Uh, Ebony Bridges had pink and red and blue kind of dyed into her blonde hair and then had it all braided up. And then she had the Harley Quinn ring gear. So it was all Harley Quinn uh, trunks and Harley Quinn jacket or robe and and fishnet stockings. And I was eating up all of it. Like I loved all of that stuff. Maybe she was brought to you by the Suicide Squad movie that was out the same weekend. So maybe maybe she had a piece of it or maybe she went to go see it the night before and really loved it. I feel like that's a missed opportunity on her part. Like she could have tied it into the movie, got some sponsorship money. The thing with Ebony Bridges is she kind of falls into the same category as like a Ryan Garcia. You know, she's big on social media. She has a huge following based off of other stuff. Like you said, you know, she still strips down to her underwear. There was some great memes. I don't know if you saw them of poor Eddie Hearn trying not to look at her weighing in like he He knew his wife. was watching he looked like a blind guy listening to a story you know where his eyes were just going everywhere but your face you know like that's Mm -hmm. what eddie hearn looked like when she came up to the stage hey i can't blame the guy like i've been there where you see something out the corner of your eye but your wife is looking dead at you and you're just like i'm just gonna ignore whatever that is it could be a streaker it could be somebody who needs help i'm not gonna look over there because there's too much skin showing yeah we're powerless against it you know it's uh (laughs) 
when you gawk, then you're an asshole. But when you take a quick look, then you're just a human. Yeah, but in his defense, that camera would have snapped right at that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. So, yeah, she she did the usual strip down and all of that stuff. And the thing that I found interesting was after the fight, the amount of coverage that this got from like other platforms. And again, it kind of reminds me of like these influencers and these people that are big on social media where all of a sudden, like there's they're getting write ups about this fight and oh bleacher report we have our new favorite female boxer ebony bridges look at how hot she is and it's like ah come on man like it's 2021 i get it you know what i mean like i was a teenager at one point but also like there's you you hit the nail on the head there's more to her than just the sizzle she's a decent fighter now i didn't know her before that shannon courtney fight and then and i love shannon courtney for all the same pig-headed reasons that i'm putting down right now but ebony bridges put up a good fight there she looked good here if she's gonna sell tickets she's like the perfect person to have in an undercard let her have her following let her get her sponsorship deals and then every once in a while put her in there with somebody who's not awful like not completely garbage but also is gonna get her those wins the wins are going to get her sales and that's what's going to kind of keep her on the card but if it's drawing eyes to the fight cool because i thought she i thought she looked good it was a weird stoppage it, it was it went three rounds and then it was over i'm looking for you know we're gonna see her again eddie hearn is gonna push her to the moon because they get it they get it that you know social media follows can sometimes translate over into dollars you know let her get that money the only thing i'll ask is eddie please put her up against a real opponent you know back Connolly had lost. This was her fourth loss in a row. This was not any by any stretch of the imagination a test for Ebony Bridges. So let's just put her up against a better opponent and let's see where she goes. Alan Babich, 30 years old, coming in at 7 and 0 versus Mark Bennett, 33 years old, coming in at 7 and 1. <laughs> Now, Franco, if you uh, like guys who block punches with their face, this <laughs> is the fight for you. Yeah. This was a slugfest. This looked like a boxer versus a guy who won a tump band competition to get on this card. You know, mm -hmm. Babbitt, you could see, had some skill to him. But then when Bennett started doing some unorthodox, let's let's put it that way, some unorthodox boxing, Babbitt kind of started to play down to his level at a couple times, too. For sure. Uh, so you know, where he gets sloppy. You can see when Babich is staying disciplined that there could be some fun fights ahead for him. All mm -hmm. right. Now he poured it on. I couldn't believe that Bennett was staying on his feet for this. I, the punishment he was taking to the skull. I was like, what is that dude's head made out of that? <laughs> that might be the rock of Gibraltar that they just carved and put on his head. But yeah, it was a fun, just fun fight, you know, where two guys weren't heavy on the defense, just throwing you know, lunchbox hands just landing like a goddamn rhino. It was a fun fight. And I yeah. don't blame B Bennett for quitting after the fifth. A lot of times when the, the corner will say like, all right, well, I, you know, I, I think I'm going to call it. They're like, no, I'm good. You know, he's like, thank God. What took yeah. you so long? You know what I mean? Like he did not protest at all. I think he took off his, uh, his shoes and took a nap. He was like, all right, thank God my net's over. Yeah. he. I'm surprised he didn't just tell them, did you lose the towel? Did you drop it or something? Did you leave it in right. the locker room? Because he did look like hell. I loved everything about this fight. The entrance was great. Babbage came out and he had like a silver half skull mask 
covering up his mouth and his nose that it kind of like had like a bane kind of a feel because he's just a big scary looking dude uh which is crazy because so he's like six foot one 210 pounds mark bennett six foot three 272 pounds there's a whole 62 and a half pound difference between these two guys that's a child like that right Bennett was a big dude, and Babbage said afterwards he was surprised by how much damage he was able to take. They're like, uh, you know, when when were you surprised? He goes, in the first five seconds, I thought I had him, and he just kept taking it. And it's like, oh, man, like that. I think that's why he started fighting down to him, because he gave him everything he had and right. was expecting for him to fold, and then it didn't happen. So he's like, well, that's all I had. Like I didn't, I don't, I don't know what else you want me to do against this guy. He's a big, scary dude. He's intimidating. Before the fight, you know, they were interviewing him. He goes, "I don't train, I fight." And it, I'm like, that sounds like something stupid out of a movie. It was so great. He's he plays the role of this big, scary Croatian dude perfectly. The only thing I don't know, like maybe the fight gets stopped by the ref. Like it's maybe the towel should have been thrown in. Cause in that fifth round, the only thing I could think of, you know, when you've been overserved and you're falling asleep at the bar and then all of a sudden your buddy calls you out on it. And they're like, Hey man, are you falling asleep? And you just perk up right away. And you're like, no, 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 I'm good. Like, let's do another shot. Let's keep the party going. And then you start falling asleep again, like five seconds later. That's exactly what Bennett looked like. He looked like he was sleeping on his feet. I've never been the guy falling asleep at the bar, Franco. That that sounds like uh, somebody else. I don't I don't even know what you mean. Yeah, because you just leave him at the bar and go <laughs> home. For, for the listeners that don't know, Fritz is notorious for if we've been out for too long at the bar, he will straight up just leave the bar because he knows his time has come and he'll go home. But then you're standing there like by yourself trying to figure out what the hell happened. And if you should be going home, uh, yeah. it has happened multiple times. It gets even worse. I've talked people into going to the bars with like, no, nah, it's too late. I'm going to go home. And I'm like, no, we got to go. And then there's some kind of internal clock in my body that says like, all right, you have just enough energy to get home and I will leave in mid conversation and get home. It's it's uh, not one of my prouder, you know, character traits. It always makes the night more interesting when you got to figure out what the hell the next move is because you're at the bar after hours by yourself. Um, Now, unfortunately, so Babbage looked great, right? He whooped the hell out of this dude. He quit on his stool. It was great. He looks scary. His punches looked awesome. I'm looking forward to see where he goes from here. He still has work to do. Like it, there were definitely flaws in his game, but you know, I think he has a high upside. The part that got a lot of attention was what happened after the fight. So I don't know if you saw that part when he proposed to his girlfriend. I did not. Okay. So he, um, you know, they're interviewing him and then the interviewer says, oh, and you have your lovely girlfriend next to you. Can you introduce us? And he's like, yes, this is my girlfriend. Look, honey blah 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 and he pulls her onto the camera and then he has her turn around she looks at the jumbotron that's attached to the side of eddie eddie hearns's house and it says lady savage will you marry the savage and and she turned like she kind of looks confused and she turns around and he's down on one knee and he proposes to her in his post-fight interview and she's crying and it's really sweet it's actually not bad and then and this is the part that got everybody's attention. He mentions her age and how long they've been together. And he's like, she's been my girlfriend for five years and I love her so much. I've known her since she was 17. She's 22 now and blah, blah, blah. 
and I love her so much and she's crying and they hug and it's very sweet. But social media, everybody's like, hold up. So she was 17 and you were 27 or whatever it is. And actually, no, it would be if he's 30 now, five years ago. So he was 25. She was 17. And of course, everybody's applying the, the laws of this country and the rules of this country. Age of consent in Croatia is 16. But people were freaking out and calling him a pedophile and all this other stuff only because they don't know the laws. You know what I mean? And I get it. Like I'm a high school teacher and 16 to me, that's, uh, you know, still a child because they're so immature and there's still a lot going on. But I also get it that every country is different and different cultures are different. So no, he's not a pedo because that's what is normal in the country that he's from. All right. Uh, that was a long journey. Uh, but yeah, I mean, whatever, if she's consenting and he's consenting and their parents don't want to, uh, chop them up and feed them to a bear, then what do I care? You know, the Beatles, uh, once said she's just 17, you know what I mean? And, uh, <laughs> even winger said she's only 17, you know, you know what? There's songs out there, sexy and 17, my little rock and roll queen, you know I mean? Stray cats got in on the action. So there's uh there's some examples out there. I get it, but also at the same time, it's kind of like sometimes Americans need to pump their brakes and kind of assess the situation before they chime in with their comments. And in this case, they both seem very much in love. So, you know, good luck to them. Hopefully he doesn't get punched in the head too much more and she'll be able to uh, enjoy a long life with him. You pe you want people to think about what they post on social media, Franco? That's uh asking a little too much. Kid Galahad, 31 years old, coming in at 27 and 1, versus James Dickens, 30 years old, coming in at 30 and 3. Now, anybody that didn't watch this fight, I could say you should watch it. It was a good fight. From the opening round, you know, I really thought Dickens was looking good. Then when the second round started, I didn't think that anymore. Um, <laughs> Galahad was just better at everything than Dickens. You know, like speed, Galahad was better. Punching power, Galahad was better. Body work, Galahad was way better. Footwork including stepping on Dickens feet. You know, Darn, you, you beat me to it. Was was better, you know? Like, this is the first time I've ever seen a point deduction for stepping on feet. I'd never seen that before, so that was the first. And I, I always love the point deductions where the ref has to hold you by the hand and turn yeah. you around the ring like you're a child. One point, playing footsie. One point, playing footsie. One point. Playing footsie, you know, and then other, I think the first and the footsie round were the only ones that I, I might've given Dickens, you know, like he was not blown away in any round, but there was just, I, I kept thinking that Galahad was just better and landing the better shots. When he retired at the 11th, I was happy because at some point I started rooting for Dickens just because it was going so poorly for him that I was like, you know, almost rooting for him, like the guy in like the PG 13 movie, you know, like the nerd who you know everybody's rooting for wants to get the girl yeah but you know he's not going to like that's how i was like oh this guy come on this scamp give him give him some love you know and his face just looked like steak tartare and i was like all right <laughs> let's let's just let this end and thank god it did i was also uh rooting for jazza dickens because first of all at the beginning of the fight kill kid galahad comes out to nipsey hustle which you know props to him nipsey hustle is great and everything but then jazza dickens comes out to peter gabe Real. 
a man is willing to walk out to Peter Gabriel like he's a badass, like that's going to intimidate everybody. I'm I'm fully behind him. But aside from that, they also had a promo at the very, very beginning, like when they first went on the air hours before the fight. And they had a cool promo about Dickens. And it was like how he came up from nothing. And he had this really rough life. And, you know, he had some losses and he hit this low point, And now he's coming back up and, you know, all this other stuff. And it, it really kind of it was a good story. And I'm like, you know, I want to root for this guy. But let's give it a minute and then once the fight started i really wanted to root for him because like you said galahad was just simply better at everything his jab looked great like he was working that jab like it was nobody's business when he was landing they were beautiful punches stepping on the feet headbutting all sorts of other forms of cheating he was so good at it like kid galahad is the best cheater if i was his wife or girlfriend I would probably look into his cell phone texts because chances are he's also cheating on her. It was driving me up a wall. Now, I can't remember which fight it was that we saw recently, a couple of weeks ago with all the footsie stuff. Oh, uh, well, the footsie, I don't, is that the same one as your buddy Romero, where he was to say the biggest cheater in the world, you know, oh, and yeah. call that to Galahad, <laughs> right when we have, you know, Romero in our, who had just landed forearms and headbutts and open field tackles. This, this <laughs> seems like a pretty extreme opinion on your part, Banka. Very true. Maybe not the best uh, cheater, but he's up there. He was definitely up there. And I wish I could remember which fight it was that we saw. It was like a month ago where the referee kept stepping in and separating them because of the stepping on the feet. Galahad, I noticed it in the first round, was doing the whole heel toe and purposely like trying to pin his feet down. You know what I mean? Like he was trying to step on Dickens's feet, but they kept showing the shot like they were showing the fight from like the waist up with like a tight camera shot and so you couldn't see the feet as much but you could see the referee keep stepping in he wasn't stopping the action but he, he would keep pointing down to the ground and being like hey watch your feet watch your feet and dickens wasn't trying to do any of that you know what i mean he was trying to get his feet to the outside and not right. trip over him but he wasn't trying to purposely step on his feet so when that happened in the sixth i felt so validated because i'm sitting there and i'm thinking am i the only asshole that really cares about this like this is the second fight in not too long where I'm obsessing over their feet. And that's the last thing you should be looking at in boxing. And then when they took the point, I was like, okay, I thought so because it was getting kind of ridiculous. You do have a fetish though. So I understand no. you're a big foot fetish guy. You uh, <laughs> subscribed to all the X foot videos and stuff like that. So this makes sense to me. I hate feet. I hate feet so much. I hate other people's feet. I hate my own feet. I uh, couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, yeah. I can't stand feet at I, all. I think you uh, protest too much, sir. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, now, the other thing is, uh, like I said, there was the headbutt that happened in the first round. That did look accidental, to be completely honest. But that's what ended up stopping the fight. The cut just got bigger and bigger over Dickens's eye until it looked like the eyeball was going to pop out through the cut. It looked like he won in a cherry pie eating contest because his whole face was covered in blood. His body was covered in blood. The other fighters trunks Galahad had blood all over his trunks and his gloves. The referee was covered in blood. The ring itself just had blood splatters everywhere. It was just the biggest mess. It was so bad that in the 11th, like at the end of the round, you could hear people from the crowd yelling, stop the fight. Call the fight. Like 
when was the last time we heard people begging the officials in charge to just stop the fight? Because it was really hard to watch by the end, which sucks because I was rooting for Dickens, but Kid Galahad clearly won it. I can't fault him. You know, you whatever you can get away with, you do it. And the headbutt was accidental. The foot stepping, he lost a point, but he still got away with it. He was able to win the fight from punches, not from, like you said, Raleigh Romero suplexing people or anything stupid like that. If anything... I'm not sure where I want to see him go from here, though. Lee would be would be a cool fight from last Absolutely. week. But also because of all the WBA belts and all the weird stuff that we still haven't been able to figure out, it kind of makes it hard to figure out who lines up where and who should be challenging who. But at least it gives us options. And then hopefully we can get a good fight from Kid Galahad. Actually, after this weekend, I'm proposing we stop even recognizing the WBA as a real belt. We're not going to cover the fights because of how bad it was but there was a card in minneapolis the wba had their judges in there and one of the judges was a spouse of a wba official and the whole thing is just absolutely corrupt it's like so bad they're not even trying to hide it they're just like yeah we do what we want anyway so yeah so i think going forward i'm just going to recognize the three and the ring magazine and uh, WBA regular or super doesn't matter. They're all trash. Maybe if you have the WBA super and the IBO, we can consider that one belt because uh, <laughs> it's just too much, too much from the WBA. <laughs> I like your idea of just replacing the WBA uh, belt with the ring magazine belt, maybe even pushing the ring magazine belt up to number one. Maybe that's just me. I'm probably the only one. Uh, but I like that idea. I'm sure there's people at Ring Magazine who agree with you, but I do at least recognize the validity of that belt. I've said before, IBF and WBO were always my top two, and then uh, WBC, WBA. Now it's uh, WBC, then Ring Magazine. Patty Donovan, 22 years old, coming in at 6-0, and versus Jose Castillo, 29 years old, coming in at 9-5-1. and Now, this was over in Belfast at, uh, looked like a fun fair, Franco. It was like an yeah. art festival going on. This looked like a really fun venue. I still can't decide whether I want to see Patty Donovan continue on his unbeaten streak and just kick ass or whether I want to see him, you know, just get his ass beat. Here's my problems with him. Oh, no. Uh, he's like too good looking and... <laughs> And he's a badass like that. I, I hate that combination. You know, like he's just like a, a good looking kid. He was fighting really well. And Castillo was out of his depth in this fight. You know, it was not. I don't know whether he's faced this level of competition before. You know, he has five losses. So maybe he has stepped up to this level of competition. But Patty Donovan just looked like a cat playing with a mouse in this was working the body. And it was a body shot that just ended. It. I was so confused and then upset by this fight because Jose Luis Castillo comes out to the ring and on his um, it wasn't on his trunks. It was on his jacket, I believe that he, or his robe that he was wearing had the Mexican flag on there, but he's not Mexican. He's Argentinian and he lives in Argentina. He's from Santa Fe, Argentina. And this dude comes out with the Mexican flag on his stuff and then gets his ass beat. And I was confused because I, I was watching this uh, full disclosure for this card. I watched it at a birthday party at my sister's house. I uh, My, my brother-in-law had the ESPN plus, so I was able to throw it up on the TV and we we're watching uh, boxing while you know kids are tearing around and whatnot. My dad was there and I said, oh, look, un Mexicano, we get to watch a Mexican boxer. And then my dad's like, oh, it would have been better if we didn't watch the Mexican <laughs> boxer. <laughs> 
because the liver shot was so embarrassing. Like it, this was only about a minute into the fight that liver shot from a left ended up landing square, like in the liver, not on must've gone into like the meat of his body. And then dude fell in the most depressing fashion and, and slowly like kind of crawled back to his corner. He kind of got up, but not really. And my dad was just like, Oh, this is so embarrassing. And I'm like, I agree. It's so embarrassing. And then I looked it up and he's Argentinian. I'm like this dude. And his nickname to make it even worse is El Chino, which means the China man, like, because his eyes are kind of squinty and Argentinians are racist. And that is, a hill i am willing to die on anyone can argue with me about it well here's the thing in ireland anybody that is like tan skin you're mexican so automatically (laughs) he didn't bring that robe they just gave it to him he's like i'm not mexican they're like yes you are get out there you know it was like part of their script they're like no we had to have a mexican fighter and you're it like get out there and uh show them this was i've i've never been to ireland but just from watching the crowd this was not a not a diverse crowd you know like <laughs> this fight could have been brought to us by spf 2000 you know like this was a very pale crowd but i definitely wanted to go there it looked like really cool uh like a cool festival grounds yeah, yeah it was a you know like i want to see patty donovan again and i'll decide whether i'm a huge fan or whether i'm just rooting against him because he's talented and good looking like pick pick a lane kid yeah he, he is a good looking kid and that park did look amazing it's falls park in belfast ireland and uh in certain shots you could even see like the food stand it was five star grill in the background and i'm like i want to see what's on the menu like what do they serve at a festival grounds where they're having boxing but this crowd definitely made the entire card so much better because they were amped up to 15 like these people were on fire the whole time with the chanting and the drinking and there were props in the crowd i don't know if you saw some guys at one point popped up two giant inflatable boxing gloves like they each had one on like the boppum sockers and they're waving those around it was just it seemed like so much fun i i like seeing cool stuff like that and it made me think i wish we had fights like that here where it's not always in an arena you know they did a white Sox uh boxing event or it was at the white stadium a few years back and it's like why don't why don't we get more stuff like that you know what i mean like have some of these big cards but move them around the country other you know concerts move around the country wrestling moves around the country let's let's get some boxing moving around the country just not with spouses as the scoring officials right uh, like i had told eddie hearn on this show i don't know that he's listened yet but i will host a boxing event in my backyard i think that that would be fun you know maybe we can get uh saint mike's fest in the background and <laughs> You know, you could run over and get a funnel cake and then, you know, watch some boxing. It'd be great. Oh, one last thing about Patty Donovan. His, uh, here's what I, here's another thing I hate about this kid who's talented and good looking. He, <laughs> on, on Box Rec, his alias is listed as the real deal. You, you can't have that one. It's the real deal Holyfield or the real deal Amanda Serrano. I get why she was able to come and do it because she's a badass and she's the first female to lay claim to that uh, alias. So Patty Donovan, you're going to have to uh, change your name and I want a new alias by your next fight. See, I thought you were going to call him out for his box rec picture because he looks like he's hitting a Ric Flair woo. I don't know if, uh, if you noticed it or not, but it is not the most flattering picture, but he is a good looking kid, but yeah, he, he I- Looks I, think like he was, a doofus. I think he was trying to do blue steel and uh, got a cramp. <laughs> Jose Felix, 29 years old, coming in at 39, 4, and 1 versus Tyrone McKenna, 31 years old, coming in at 21, 2, and 1. <laughs> 
Now, Franco, I asked you before you watch this fight, I'm like, I'm interested to hear your scores. And uh, I would like to kick this fight off by hearing your scores. Like, where did you see this fight? I had it 98-90 for McKenna. How did you have it? Because after I saw your message, I thought it was going to be closer. Like, there might be some kind of upset. See, now, I had McKenna winning, but I just didn't see that it was that big of a gap. So, okay. That's why I was like, am I just seeing something that's not there? And according to you and the judges, yes, I was seeing something that wasn't there. So <laughs> Felix had the the knockdown, you know, at points. I thought he was looking pretty good, but I still think that McKenna won. Mm. But I was also thinking maybe it was some home cooking, you know, where it was the Irishman versus was he my this? He, the, this one real he Mexican? was Mexican. This was a real Mexican. Okay. Yeah. So maybe the Argentinian stole his robe and uh, maybe that's what <laughs> happened. Yeah. I just, I didn't want to influence you, but mm-hmm. I definitely wanted to see, you know, what you thought. Cause I thought Felix was looking better in the fight than the scorecards uh, had reflected. For sure. Now, this was like your classic case of where the scorecards could be far apart but the fight could be closer than what it actually was but because it's based off of rounds i did have unfortunately first of all the first round was was pretty close so i could see that one i gave it to mckenna only because he landed a couple of really big shots later in the round but otherwise felix had it at the beginning but then there was the i I believe it was the second round where it looked like mckenna pushed felix down with his uh forearm and or no wait no that was in the first round that's what happened so i had felix taking the first round and then mckenna pushed him with his forearm but they counted it as a knockdown should have been right. a push or a slip or whatever and they didn't count that so that was in the first but then mckenna in the second round he looked better there was a slip but they called that one a slip so felix also went down in the second round but that one they did call as a slip and this was another one with the feet getting tangled and whatnot but it, there was nothing crazy it was just both guys had horrible footwork Felix kept kind of bouncing. So when he would eat a punch, he would be in the air and then he would end up stumbling around a lot of the times. I think that might've made some of the punches look worse than they actually were. But yeah, I I ended up scoring it pretty far apart. I gave almost every round to McKenna other than when that knockdown happened, uh, he ended up landing a body shot and put him down. There was, I don't know, there there was a lot of, um, a lot of sloppy stuff with this fight. You know what I mean? Between both guys. Right. I don't know that either one of them looked like a world beater, but it was still an entertaining fight both guys look so exhausted by the end of it i i don't know i thought it was a good fight it was super entertaining if anything the thing i was probably got the biggest giggle out of was the music choices in between rounds so i had already watched Eddie Hearns playing Sweet Caroline and all that other stuff that he plays every single uh, time that he can in England. But then at this one, they were playing WAP by uh, Cardi B. I don't know if you know what WAP stands for, Fritz. No, but it is. Uh, it's for wet ass uh, kitty. We'll just say that word because right. uh, uh, I think my kids might be able to hear me. <laughs> <laughs> And then they played Kanye. This one, nobody can say the title to this song. We'll just say uh, people of color in Paris or people of African descent in Paris. That's the name of that song. And like you said, there were no people of color in that crowd. So if anybody was singing along to any of it, I'm like, you know, maybe they need a better DJ. You should know your crowd before They're you like, start you picking know what? songs. Everybody's going to love this one. It's got Will Ferrell's voice in it. Let's let's roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the only thing that they got out of that. Oh, I saw that movie. Hey, it was 
so weird. It was a good fight. It was super entertaining. At no point did I think that Felix was out of it for sure. He was a fighter. He was grinding it out. Both dudes ended up bleeding. McKenna had a cut over one eye. Felix, the one eye was like swelling shut and looked like hell. Right. This was it was a fun fight. But like I said, I don't see either one of these guys. Like it's not like I was like, oh my god, I can't wait to see them again. This was a good matchup for them, but I don't see them like doing anything super crazy. If anything, I was kind of irritated by McKenna after the fight when he started jumping around and celebrating like he just won you know real yeah like he unified all the belts and instead he got the wbo intercontinental super lightweight blah 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 like i want a belt at this point i think you should get one too um they they should they're gonna probably make a podcasting belt and i think we would be contenders absolutely well you know who's the maybe he's just a big macho man randy savage uh fan and he was happy to also be the intercontinental champion you know uh because for years that's what he was famous for his intercontinental championship that one has more validity to it than the wbo (laughs) intercontinental belt it's had greater champs for starts you have macho man you have rick flair held that title john cena raised it back up uh there's a bunch of guys that i'm forgetting but that belt holds more weight than this WBO belt. And McKenna was dancing around like like it was a Ring Magazine belt, which it is not. Michael Conlon, 29 years old, coming in at 15 and 0 versus TJ Donahue or Doheny. Doesn't matter, he lost. <laughs> 34 years old, coming in at 22 and 2. <laughs> All right, now I am a Conlon fan. He's an excellent boxer. Franco just really has each tool in the old boxing toolbox that you need. The only thing he lacks is probably that one punch power or the knockout power. Mm-hmm. But I will say that there was a great like right hook he threw in the fourth that uh, hit TJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he he hit him like a soft 17, you know, like he just came through with all the confidence and landed beautifully. But this was a one-sided affair. You could see that uh, Doney has some skill, but he was just not as good as Conlon. Conlon moves really well, was able to land the combinations, works the body quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I think my favorite part of this fight was that the refs kept pushing both of them like by their foreheads, like the way you separate children on a playground. Like, like that was my favorite part of like he keep pushing both of them by the forehead is I'll tell you this about Michael Conlon too is as long as he's got that mustache and that goatee nobody will accuse him of being too talented and too good looking like that is <laughs> that is the worst like he's trying to enter a Steve Buscemi lookalike contest like with that oh. facial hair it's not it's not becoming Michael see that said that you went there at the end because I was all ready to make fun of his hair too because he has the dumbest haircut ever I made fun of it last time it's like a bowl cut like i want to take them and hook them up with like a nice haircut place but you know what he is super talented like i really he's a fun dude this fight wasn't the most exciting fight uh also full disclosure we were watching this at the birthday party and at this point i was also eating we had chicken wings with the hot sauce uh not hot sauce i'm sorry with the mild sauce so i was watching but i was also eating and was kind of like meh like getting bored with it and and it wasn't the most exciting fight but Conlon clearly won uh to me tj was just a beat off you know what i mean like he was just he's a like, beat off. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. 
but he was he was just slightly too slow on everything like almost like conlin had like quicksilver type skills and was right. able to just barely duck out of everything now i did have it a little bit closer at like the beginning of the fight those mm-hmm. opening rounds could have gone either way i thought like especially the first and second but then once you got into those middle rounds that was uh that was a wrap especially in the fifth conlin ended up putting him down he popped back up and then uh i believe it was the sixth though yeah it was right after the knockdown that tj kind of like ramped it up a little bit yes you know what i mean like he started kind of coming back maybe they woke him up a little bit no i'd like i agree that he tried that next round like all right i need to change what i was doing because it's not working and then you know was having a little more success but not enough to not enough to knock the not enough to (laughs) knock those chin hairs off of conlin But yeah, then Conlon just kind of slowly sealed the deal, closed out the night, and ended up taking the win. If anything, really the best part of this card and the best part of this fight, again, was the crowd. Like that crowd was just on another level. And when Conlon came out, they had like a whole promo video for him and how he fights for Belfast and he fights for Northern Ireland and blah, blah, blah. And and he comes out to... Um, he Assignment. fights for all of Ireland. That's what they said. That's Franco. what it was. Don't, yes. don't mix the message. He's from Belfast, but he fights, he fights for all for of Ireland. Ireland. Yeah, but then he went, but well, mostly the north. Like he kind of mumbled <laughs> it to this. <laughs> no, it was, but it was cool. And then he comes out to war by Edwin Starr and the whole crowd is singing along. And it was just, it had a great atmosphere and with them you know being behind the hometown kid and then him ended up winning it that just made all of it so much more fun like this was an amped up big crowd uh i didn't see a single mask in the place but i saw a lot of rain ponchos which even that's impressive it's freaking raining and like a crappy day but they had it set up in a way that at no point did that look like it affected the fights you know guys weren't slipping or doing it we've seen fights in like puerto rico where just the humidity makes the ring too slippery. Right. So like the fact that it was raining on everybody and they were still having a great time, it was super cool. I wouldn't mind seeing more fights from there. Hell, I, if, you know, I'm an American and and I want to go over there and, and just be an asshole and like go in as a heel. If you want heat, send Rolando Romero there and you will get some of the best booing you've ever heard, which again, as long as you're getting eyes on the fight, that's really all that matters. But if you're going to have a heel go there, that seems like the perfect place is uh, is right there at their fairgrounds in Belfast because that was super cool to see just a crowd, you know, like we're it getting this fun. more and more. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're getting it more and more and I'm enjoying it so much. So thanks, everybody, for joining us again this week. Please uh, download and subscribe. We had fun in Brentwood, uh, United Kingdom. We had fun in Belfast, Northern Ireland. There was uh, there was some fights in Minneapolis, but we wanted to keep everything positive here so uh, <laughs> and uh, lighthearted. So we just skipped over that one so you didn't have to hear us bitch uh, about it uh, for a full episode. So uh, tune in next week. There's uh, some great fights next weekend. What is next weekend, Franco? Any ideas? <laughs> Yeah, next weekend actually, there's like a lot of cards. They've there's a uh, Virgil Ortiz is going to be fighting. You got Joshua uh, yes. Franco fighting on ESPN. There's uh, another card on DAZN. I can't remember who's on the other one from DAZN. But then uh, you got Casimero on Showtime. I think there's even maybe fights on Telemundo at some point this weekend. Like I think on Friday night. So there's a uh, there's a whole lot of boxing going on this weekend. I'll say this to any boxing fans out there who have not watched a fight on Telemundo: check it out. If you don't 
you usually just bitch about what the commentators are saying anyway. Uh, <laughs> so you, you don't need to know what they're saying. It's just the energy that you feel from those broadcasts. And it's free over-the-air boxing. You know how much we love free over-the-air boxing. So check those uh, out if you've never done it. Yeah, I do know what they're saying, and it's glorious. Those guys are definitely my favorite commentators when it comes to boxing. Thank you for listening to Punches and Punchlines. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment, and we'll see you again next week when we break down the best fights with a sense of humor.